0: friends i'm your host jordan smith and with me as always co-host k9 Gorn. hello and the 2021 version of mr matthew bailey um hey what's up guys (laughs) hey
1: what's up long time no see seriously yeah i'm going a little crazy out here um yeah yeah. so i mean i don't have any more to add i'm not just going crazy
2: well on a scale of one to ten how crazy
1: um not like i need to like go into like a home sort of crazy but like um probably like a six
2: okay so a little more than like average yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> you're above average crazy
2: like a, that would be like a little tick of concern does
1: the scale start at zero or does it start at five though?
2: scale well your scale starts at five
0: yeah for, for yourself b- <laughs> but yeah whatever I'm a uh, little
2: one typically well,
0: I, I don't blame you Bailey obviously everybody's going through it right now but I kind of want to say that that's why we're back mm. um <laughs>
2: okay the, the
0: haters were worried about you and not only you but kate and myself as well
2: does it say putting a lot of responsibility on bailey
1: um as you can see i've kind of let myself go but <laughs> I, I should be shavings tomorrow or the next day or who you knows, i might not but
2: you should uh, be maybe
0: <laughs> yeah yeah straight up i Why? think you look great with the beard well maybe we could give the uh, listeners a shot of the beard but i think they've seen you as burly bailey before mm-hmm. um but I do have to admit it's good to be back. Um just to sh- should we address the elephant in the corner of the room? Uh yeah, if you want. <laughs> um we've been on a bit of a hiatus. Um a lot of people were asking, you know, on the boards like where are they?
2: Have you seen them?
0: Have mm-hmm. you seen this person and we just want to let you know everything's cool. Everything's great.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, I said this to. I mean, we talked about this before we were going to go away for a while. That we needed to let um let everybody catch up on the episode. So that's kind of what we were doing. Um, right. Hopefully, you're caught up. Hopefully, you just listened to episode 137. Know all the facts Jordan just said, and you're you're ready for 138.
0: Yeah,
2: they're all caught up. Have you been
0: working on your uh, transitions and segues? Uh, <laughs> yeah
2: all that beard the beard hairs have given him wisdom yeah
0: um so yeah we just had to address that elephant but all is well um i will say bailey brought something up to me uh off air a couple days ago when we were chit-chatting that he has not watched a single movie since our last episode um so
2: well it was out of it was out of protest
0: that we're not doing the podcast
2: (laughs) yeah well it was more of a vow
0: okay it was i'm not
1: watching any movie until all of our listeners have listened to every episode
2: (laughs) (laughs) damn
0: okay interesting that was not in the original uh uh vow but I, i like it i like it but that just shows we are still dedicated to the haters we are still here for you guys in tough times good times anytime really um, so uh, if this is your first time listening to the episode, what, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we're the podcast that brings you the reviews of every movie you ever want to watch. That's our new tagline. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of long, but like,
1: I like it. I'm in, <laughs> put it
0: on. Her-
2: we should add some more descriptor words in there.
0: Um, yeah. uh, unnecessary, but Hey, like Bailey mentioned before in his wonderful segue that I didn't take advantage of um, our last episode was 137. Truth. So that means this is episode 138 in 138 B.C. Galastes revolts. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. Huh? Um, he's not having it anymore. Uh, unfortunately, there's a death that's maybe close to home. the second Philadelphus.
2: Oh, um,
0: you know, okay. later that's why Philadelphia was named Philadelphia because of him. <laughs> uh, did you just make that up? Um, he was the king of Pergamon, so yeah, uh, so did he. <laughs> <laughs> so I made it up, but um, yeah, another cool thing happens in 138 B- BC, though the hymn to Apollo is written and inscribed on a stone in delphi and it's the earliest surviving notated music um, in the western world so the first song everybody knows it the hymn to apollo Um, the first can you give us a little bit of it because
2: everyone knows it
0: first hit well i don't want to do it it, i'm not a great singer i don't want to do any uh injustice to it so um just Mm. look it up it's probably on spotify yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so that's 138 bc now for the long time haters this might be a uh this might be a sad one to listen to i don't know how i feel about this but there's been someone who's been frequenting all these historic facts for for the last like 20 30 episodes maybe since we've been doing this um our 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 friend, Emperor Hadrian. Well, he's back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: But unfortunately, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> he's back and he's dead.
1: Um, <laughs> I think maybe subconsciously you felt like Hadrian um, might have been on his way out. So you maybe have been putting off this episode and the podcast for a while. That's...
0: Yeah the vibe i'm getting but spot on and i just had to mentally and physically prepare myself for this day Mm -hmm.
2: but i have a question is it complex grief because didn't he do some shit to the jews
0: oh it's like he's he wasn't a good dude but uh you know you back him oh (laughs) he will be missed um he'll be missing his uh his legacy will be felt for thousands of years and you know who who thought when he was you know romping around the Roman Empire with his little boy uh, that you know thousands of years later we'd be talking about him on the podcast that's the legacy he left behind
2: well and he also died of heart failure and maybe it's because he felt so much guilt for his past actions that he died of heart failure
0: uh-huh oh, yeah well I you know didn't think about it like that <laughs> I like that though um but uh yeah so that so pour one out for hadrian uh that was was what was going on in 138 ad um i'm sure it's not the last we'll hear of them though okay
2: i kind of feel like it might be
0: <laughs> yo I want, I want to say i want to say hadrian's ghost is a thing
1: mm. <laughs> i mean it could be i mean do you uh... If you believe in ghosts,
0: it could still be around today. Yeah, true. Um, so, cool. So, that's our historic portion of the episode. Um, for all those first-time listeners out there, uh, you might be wondering, I thought this was a movie podcast. Well, I mean, our 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 subject today might confuse you even further. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but... Before we move on, um, it's been a while since we checked in. Now, we know Bailey's uh, vow to not watch a movie since the last episode, which only leaves one thing, it's TV.
2: Well, or did Bailey watch movies but with his eyes closed?
0: Uh, uh, w- were there any of those, like, uh, Blind Box? What was that? Bird Box. Bird Box. Blind Box,
1: yeah. Um, I've actually been... um listening to podcasts
0: Wow nice anyone you want to shout out
1: um yeah I guess um American history tellers
0: <laughs> cool.
1: yo we secretly we just love history yo straight up dude I've learned about the prohibition I've learned about <laughs> civil rights <laughs> and I've learned about um, the age of uh, Jackson president um. Jackson Oh, okay i thought it was michael
0: <laughs> uh yeah no hey one not, day not one Randy. day he'll one day he'll be uh he'll be in the history books as well yeah <laughs> i
1: don't know if that's it'll be good or bad but yeah. yeah you know i'm just been learning
0: you know so seems like you educated bro mm-hmm. i'm trying nice. to nice um i don't know if we could say the same for kate and i what
2: have
0: <laughs> we been educated that we've been educated well, I, mean, I like to
1: think you learn something new every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but you could teach like a a 30-year-old dog new tricks. So I
2: mean, I listen to Fresh Air and The Daily on the regular, so I feel mm-hmm. like I educate.
0: Mm-hmm. I have both the New York Times and Fox app on my phone, so I educate.
1: <laughs> okay. Good to get perspective. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know. um, but hey. We're not going to talk politics. This Never is America. We <laughs> this is America. <laughs> we have no time for politics right now.
2: I would like to point out to the listener that as Jordan said that he did put his hands on his hips. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been learning about power positions, so. They
2: were debunked, so. They were
0: debunked. And for a while I used to work in a building where I I managed a couple people and I'd have to ride an elevator up to the floor and I'd always if I was alone in the elevator, I don't know why I'm, telling <laughs> but if I was alone in the elevator, I would uh, practice a couple power positions, and then come out of the elevator and go yell at people. Go yell at people.
1: <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me that um,
0: power positions are not a thing? Yo, here's it- the thing. Here's the thing. It made me feel like Superman. Like I felt so powerful. <laughs> Um, yeah, it could be just for you, you know? Yeah. Power positions work for me. <laughs> um, Yo, so I honestly I, don't know what they are. Can you, like, show me a couple? Yeah, so here's one. <laughs> is that re- is and that for re- the listeners, I'm doing a bit of a buzz light here.
2: Yes. And the point is to, like, take up more space with your body to, like, exert power. But when they did, a like, an in-depth study on it, it turned out that the control group did not feel any differently so take
1: up more space so (laughs) so you could just be like yeah perfect mm -hmm, power position you look great
2: how powerful do you feel right
1: now yo i feel like um i
0: don't feel any different you're right kate (laughs) (laughs) well it takes practice i i get it if you're not going to get on your first try Uh
2: so if we're talking about some random shit Um, since we've been working from home and it's been snowing, I've been sitting at my kitchen table doing work. And when I look out the window, I've seen this little tiny bird's nest that's been getting covered with snow. Uh And I've been very concerned about what's inside of there. Uh (laughs) But I saw a little mommy fly in. So I'm guessing there's a side entrance. Oh. To the top entrance.
0: Should we uh? Should we start a a Kickstarter for
2: it? <laughs> yeah, a GoFundMe more like.
1: What are we gonna put the money towards? Like a house. Oh, perfect. Yeah, like, a, a like
2: a like a more solid roof access. Uh,
1: we need a bird
0: house, <laughs>
2: <laughs> not a bird nest. We yeah. I mean, okay. need to upgrade.
0: That bird a bird house. Yeah, we need to. That's. We'll start a you Kickstarter.
2: Can really see it right there.
0: <laughs> Kickstarter. Um, or a GoFundMe, you know, we whatever.
2: GoFundMe makes more sense, but
0: um, cool. Well, <laughs> seems <laughs> like we got out everything we wanted to get out.
2: <laughs> That's how exciting our lives have been.
0: Um, before we dive in though, today anything grinding anyone's gears, Bailey? You have any gears to grind? <sighs> uh,
1: not not uh, just the usual gears. Been grinding hard. Um. Other than that, um, we got the Super Bowl on today, which it doesn't grind my gears, but uh, it's happening.
0: Yo, I kind of have a hot take. Fuck the Super Bowl? Yeah, I don't care about the Super Bowl this year. Now, I don't know if that's me or is that like, do you think, is that a thing um, across the nation? I think,
1: um, yo, I don't think so because, I mean, one, no one's really like doing anything. So I think the viewership's going to be popping. True. Um but like Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, like the old goat versus the young goat. I think it's a it has a pretty good storyline.
0: Yeah. We have some goats at play. I mean,
2: I might be more interested if it was actual goats kind of running around on the field, but
1: for, for that's sure. just
2: me. Yeah. I like that Coke though donated all their money that they would spend on advertising to like COVID research and rest like aid.
1: That's why this is a, a coke house not a pepsi house you
0: know oh nice so when you get the question when you say yeah i'll take a coke and they say we only have pepsi what is your response <laughs> um i'll take an iced tea <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh that's a sick response yeah
0: sick so it's stayed not only in your household but outside of your household yep okay cool
2: i respect it a lot um
0: Thanks,
2: guys. and then when they ask you sweetened or unsweetened what do you say
0: sweeten it myself
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> love it and you
0: throw sugar at them yep seeing you do it mm-hmm. um nice well Kate, okay, do you have any gears to grind
2: besides the fact that this fucking bird's nest needs a house um i mean yes jordan and i did a parlay last night for the sixers and toby did not shoot one three
0: Toby didn't shoot one three. Yeah, we needed Toby, Tobias Harris, the Tobias Harris to make one three, and we would have been in we would have been in the money. We would have won like twenty eight bucks. <laughs>
1: Damn, dude. Yo, do you want me to tweet at him?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah okay. Yo, Yo, we did Oh go ahead. We did um, kind of get somewhere with the uh, the village Blu-ray situation.
0: Oh For yeah. Can you our uh,
2: ongoing campaign
1: can you
0: update us on that situation? Yeah.
1: So um I wasn't prepared for this. I just thought of it, but, um, M night was going on a podcast where, um, I guess he was talking about, um, his show, the servant, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted at him. Cause he like did like a promotional tweet. Like, Hey, I'm going to be on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I said, this is going to be where you will reveal that the village will be on Blu-ray. And, the podcast host replied to me and I can't find it. Yo, give me um like a minute. Can you put like music in to like
2: Or while we I'm going to find Yeah, I'll it. play
0: the uh the hymn to Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on, let me see if I can find it.
2: Do, do, do. Do, do, do,
0: do. Okay,
1: here's how I built this the podcast. Oh, okay. He just said, um, "Matt, you still watch Blu-rays?" Which I don't know if that was like
2: a dig. Is that a
1: dig? A dig, or if it's like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Matt, you still watch Blu-rays? Question mark, question mark, two question marks. Um, I think he's coming at me. To be honest,
0: sounds like he's a 4K guy. And I told him. I
1: replied, "Yes, every day. I've been waiting for the Village Blu-ray since 2004." M. Knight has been dodging the question. Please help me get to the bottom of this mystery. And um, I'll be honest, I didn't listen to the episode, so I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he asked it or not.
0: But now, what podcast is this? How does stuff how, get made? Uh, how I Built This. It's, a,
1: <laughs> it's an NPR podcast. It is an
2: NPR podcast.
1: Ooh, okay. entrepreneurs, idealists, and the movements they built.
0: Yeah, we may have to uh, check in on that episode. We'll get back to the haters on that to see. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been a burning question since I've known Bailey. um, And I I met him in 2008 slash 2009. So Mm -hmm. I know it was burning in his brain for five years before that. So um, we've been on the search for this answer for 10 plus years.
2: When did Blu-rays come out?
0: Not in two thousand four for the village. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. No.
2: I bet you that host is a VOD guy.
0: Yeah. Yo, yeah. I don't want to start beef with
1: NPR because I feel like we back them. But like, oh, we
2: back them.
1: We have to start beef with this guy. His guy Raz.
2: <laughs> oh, guy Raz. Do we beef him? Guy Raz is kind of cool. Huh. He does the TED Talk Radio Hour too. Well,
1: I guess we know what side Kate's on, but I, I. Can it
2: be like a a friendly debate?
0: friendly tiff? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We could tiff him. I just don't understand. He was either coming at you because you're not watching 4K, which I do know you watch 4K. So, you know, or he was like, he knew about your vow Mm -hmm. to not watch movies. And he was shocked that you're still watching Blu-rays, even though you vowed not to watch them until our listeners caught up. That sounds
2: accurate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So for the listeners who have been patiently waiting and patiently waning like a a moon, um, we're going to jump into it, I think. Um, I I want to say, oh, go ahead, Bailey. Can I say one more thing?
1: Um, I just want to take this time to personally invite Guy Raz to the podcast if he wants to explain himself. yes i love it i
0: love sending out personal invitations
2: how you explain this
0: (laughs) yeah great segment yeah um cool well guy roz uh you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) so anyways um i want to say this was possibly my choice this week yes I kind of steamrolled everybody into this, That was one. cool, but it. you guys did not object. And I know the subject of this episode is Bailey might be maybe the biggest fan of this person that I know. Um, Kate, I don't know where you stand on this person, but we'll find out. And I know shout out to my mom has maybe read every one of his books. Um, and that's, like, actually not even a joke. Well, <laughs> I there's, think...
2: there's 61 of them.
0: So. Yeah, And she's, like, in her 70s, so it checks out. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, we are talking about the one, the only, the American God himself, Stephen King.
2: That's really confusing because <laughs> American Gods was written by Neil Gaiman, so people might be a little confused, but... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, Do I take it away?
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, no, (laughs) right? You take it away because it's your own pick.
1: Well, Stephen King was born in a cabin in Maine, and he's been writing ever since.
0: Wait, wait, what's going on right now? Are you telling the history of his life?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand what you're saying.
0: Yeah, i didn't I, ask I, I, you for the synopsis just yet
2: it also just sounds like this is the theory you've concocted in your own mind of like how you envision his life
1: yo i'll be i'll be completely honest i forgot that like i do the synopsis to the movies
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> i just did the synopsis to the guy So
2: honestly we might have to add that that yo, was pretty good We
0: might have to um, So, well, like Bailey said, if you're not unfamiliar with Stephen King, who was born in a cabin, cabin in Maine and stayed there and has been writing books ever since, he's an author. And you might be thinking, what the hell's an author doing on a movie podcast? And I have two things to say. One, he's not on the podcast.
1: <laughs> if this
0: is your first time, we don't actually get these
2: people. People think we do. So <laughs> let them think that.
0: Um, uh, we'll be here. Number two, though. Stephen King has written, like Kate said, 61 novels.
2: Over 200 short stories.
0: Over 200 short stories.
2: And five nonfiction books.
0: Five nonfiction books. Um, but because he's written so much, he's had a ton of movies turned into, or turn, ton of books <laughs> turned into movie adaptations.
2: He's also had movies turned into movies.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, but
2: I also like to kind of, go back to what Bailey said he might be here you don't know that he could just be standing in the corner very silently
1: he'll be here here later so
0: yeah true Mm -hmm. so stay stay tuned keep listening to the episode Stephen King may or may not be here (laughs) Um, but with that being said yes we thought it would be kind of a cool idea to maybe you know switch it up a little bit and take movie adaptations and Stephen King's like the perfect one um, for that since there's a big you know, big collection to choose from.
2: But um, Why did you choose him?
0: Why did I choose him? That's a really good question. Um, it, honestly, kind of because I was just thinking of moody, like movie adaptations from books. Um, and I was just thinking of a good candidate. And I thought, you know, The Stand got really popular over the last year because, like, I, I've never read it. I don't know really much what it's about. But, you know, when the pandemic started... Everyone was kind of, you know, pointing at the stand. And now, Bailey, I think you've read that book, right?
1: Yeah. It's like, uh, well, you can, I don't know if you want to call it read, but I listened
0: to That's it. That's read. I, I count it. Your brain. Yeah. Same cognitive yeah. uh, behaviors. with it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I read it
1: um, and I loved it. I think it's great. I think it's a masterpiece. Out of like the eight books I've read, that's like top five.
0: Nice. Mm. Wait, eight eight books read of his or? In 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 general. general. (laughs) Oh, Oh, in general. Okay. Um, uh, Yeah. And honestly, I've just, I've always kind of been curious. Whenever it's a Stephen King adaptation, I'm kind of paying attention to it. And I'm trying my best to watch it. Now, have I watched Gerald's Game? No. Have I watched 1922? No. But. Um,
2: 1922.
0: I believe that's what it was. Right, Bailey? Um,
1: well. Yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> well, there's the one. I think he has. What's the one about um, him jumping in time and stuff? Oh,
2: talking? that's. Uh, I 1408.
1: 1408. No, well, that,
2: 112263. No, right. I fucking love that book.
1: So many books with numbers like 1922 yeah. is one that's on Netflix. I know right. that. Right. I've seen um, that one
0: 112263
2: I thought was amazing. Yeah. But the adaptation was a miniseries and I thought it was not good.
0: Yeah. Well, we started to watch and I was really into it and Kate was I not wasn't
2: into it cuz here's my rule with adaptations. Mm. It doesn't have to be a direct lift from the book. It just has to capture the mood and they changed the whole mood of the whole book so was, they changed it from like the slow burn to a fast paced action. So to me that like ruins the integrity of the book.
0: I wonder if Stephen thinks the same. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen usually I think he's notorious for not really enjoying his adaptations, right? I think I've heard that I like I know with The Shining he was very unhappy with Stanley Kubrick. And yo, so doing just a tad bit of research on this, like being in like this one forum, this guy, these people were ripping on The Shining, the movie, and they must have been like Stephen King purists. And I guess because it's like, it took a lot of liberties from the book. Um, And I didn't know that existed. I see like The Shining is one of the best horror movies of all time. So it was odd seeing this thread of people just like absolutely ripping it um i don't know i thought it was i thought it was interesting i don't know there's those purists out there if it's not word for word and if it's not like exactly like the book they kind of hate it yeah
2: yeah i'm not i'm like word for word i feel like can ruin it too yeah mood i'm about mood
0: right um so another reason uh, i chose this was because the, the the lower rated movie we're going to review today, which is Maximum Overdrive, mm-hmm. um, was a favorite of mine when I was like a young boy. Um, it was one of those background movies that I always used to put on. And at that time, I was a big ACDC fan and they do the soundtrack of the movie. Um, so I kind of wanted to revisit that movie as an adult. So it was more of a selfish endeavor than anything. Um but, uh, yeah, and then some of his higher rated ones we found out Kate had never seen. And the, the ones at the top of the list were You Have Your Misery, You Have Your Shawshank.
2: And it was um, Shawshank, Stand By Me, Misery.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, and
2: I also didn't see Maximum Overdrive. So this was all new material to me.
0: Right. Um, so I thought it would just be a good one to uh, to dive into. Um I love it. But yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to hash it out if you guys are, unless you have any uh comments beforehand. Um I'm down to hash. All right, cool, cool. Um which one do you guys think we should do first? Is it up to me?
2: Yes. Oh, okay. Well,
0: nobody's throwing me any balls. So.
2: Here you go. Boop. Boop.
0: Okay. Um
2: it bombed you in the head.
0: Why don't we rock and roll with the one I already mentioned? Let's go to Hell's Bells. We're feeling thunderstruck. We're talking the 1986 action masterpiece Maximum Overdrive. All right, Bailey. <laughs> yeah. All Take right,
2: it away. So,
1: maximum Overdrive, where, you know, the world is in a weird place because it's in like a there's some weird like fucking space shit going on which makes the uh makes all the machines want to kill everybody and uh the main culprit is these fucking trucks these uh what are are the big big trucks called (laughs) big rigs the big rigs, dude, and they're just trying to fucking kill everybody and emily estevez and his fucking boys are stuck in a Gas station, and they don't know what to do. And then, um, you know, they they figure it out.
0: Yeah, and everybody (laughs) goes home. Yeah,
2: (laughs) except for those who didn't make it.
0: Yeah, and Uh, then there's
1: there's like a weird twist at the end where it's some words come up on the screen, and I, I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, so I didn't. So, okay, let me clarify some things for listeners. Bailey mentioned weird space shit in the beginning. So apparently there's like a comet going by the earth at this time and the earth is going to be sitting in its tail for which is represented days. as just like green gas. Um, and they it's the earth is going to be in that atmosphere for 9 days. And during these 9 days, like Bailey said, just like all electronic machines and machinery just kind of have a a life of their own. Now you might be thinking, oh, like cars. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh,
2: this was definitely the inspiration for cars. Right.
0: And also don't forget planes. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I would say cars, the movie was the inspiration for planes. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, but uh yeah, so they kind of run wild. And this movie is a big just like there's you have your main characters and stuff, and like Bailey said, they're stuck at this truck stop called the Dixie Boy. Um, but for I'd say the first half of this movie it's just showing like the chaos of all the machines which is where I say like it's kind of just fun to have on in the background. Um, cause they get creative with it. Let's see what what some of the deaths uh, soda machine shooting sodas out at a baseball coach.
2: Well I want to start even way before that cause we get to see our man Stephen King in the opening credits. True. Sure. Where he looks like Hunter S. Thompson, and a ATM is telling him to go fuck himself.
0: Yeah, I have to say, I think he plays that role very well.
2: Same. Yeah,
0: he kills um, it. We do have to mention this movie's directed by Stephen King
2: and written by Stephen King and
0: written. And it's not technically one of the lower rated adaptations. I think it's like three or four from the bottom. But we felt it necessary since this was his only like dive into actually directing. Um
2: well and it's still rated very low.
0: Yeah. Uh Yeah. Uh but hey, there's a part of me after revisiting it 20 years later, I still kind of enjoyed it. Is it long and arduous at times? Yes. Yes. Um
2: but I do like some of so the first like real machine death we see is like the bridge opening. Mm-hmm. And I thought that scene was the best scene in the movie.
1: Yeah, it's probably the most expensive scene, too. I feel uh, like, for sure. <laughs>
0: there's um, also there's a part of me that I want to, I didn't look anything up, but I want to say in the filming of that, somebody died.
1: Yo, I, uh, yep,
0: I'll believe it. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, they look like trained stunt people and stuff, but it still looked the reason why it's done it looks good is because like it looks like they're actually going through it and yes i don't know it's just like well executed i think uh-huh um uh you know
1: the whole time like i don't know can you explain to me why
0: um the machines
1: just wanted to kill everybody like what was the reason
0: so i can't because <laughs> <laughs> what you find out at the end so mostly like all machines are you know, turning on people and killing them. But like Bailey said, the big rigs are the ones that are really like causing havoc and basically just showing up at this little gas station. Well, and you find out that all they want is fuel. They just want gasoline.
2: Do uh, you keep saying that? What would you say, Bailey?
1: I don't know if that's all they want. I think they just need it to...
2: Yes. Live.
1: Like, it's their food. Like, they need it to survive and they still want to kill people, but they need gas to do that.
2: Yes, exactly. And I kept trying to explain that to Jordan, but I don't think he was like pushing it into his brain because, like, the soda machines don't need gasoline. That They like murdered the shit out of that baseball coach and the lawnmowers don't and the sprinklers, right? So, well, like,
0: don't need Lawnmowers might need it.
2: Yes, but they weren't like attacking people. Like, they like literally What I feel like the trucks who actually probably did the least amount of damage to other people. Like we're just throwing like a hissy fit and we're like really angry throwing this like truck parade tantrum and their tantrum lasted so long that they ran out of fuel. And now they're like, you need to give us fucking fuel. And they're like, fine, we'll give you fuel. And then they just go right back at it again.
1: Yo, yeah. it's, cr- it's crazy. They speak English. Um <laughs> <but> also- <laughs> I was waiting the whole. I wasn't really waiting, but like, if I wrote this movie, I would like, um, I would have written like a rogue, uh, like a big good rig or something. good guy. Yes. That would have fucking hooked them up and like drove them to the. <laughs> To the marina or something and but, like
0: yep. like picks them up yeah, yeah. Yo, that been, is a great around. call that's what this movie needed for sure
2: you're so right especially when all of a sudden they show that weird shot of the plane kind of yeah. coming out and it was just like out of nowhere yeah. the plane could have just like swooped in rescued them and swooped them out and it would have been very cool
0: you yeah. do see that plane later it crashed into a school bus like mm-hmm. face uh i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. face <laughs> down yeah it was it was kind of a bold move, I guess, to like kill a bunch
1: of kids in the beginning.
0: Yo, yeah, this movie with a steamroller. Yeah, this them. movie does not hold back, and that's kind of what I respect about it. Like, mm-hmm. some of the deaths do not hold back with like the gore and gruesomeness and like viciousness.
1: Yeah, yo, honestly, I <laughs> the idea of the movie, I don't know. It seems like it's been done before. I don't know if it has, but like. I like oh it's kind of like Terminator isn't it <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. um but I don't know I, I I like the idea I think it could have been made a lot cooler like if they yes. were it, I think it could be kind of sick
0: I but. agree like a hundred percent I also think Stephen King probably shouldn't have been the like if Stephen King didn't direct this it might have been a little more palatable but yeah. um I don't know I still kind of enjoy it like if you're a fan of Tremors if you're a fan of like these 80s style action I don't know there's like one there's one gang against them all type deal like it's 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 fine.
2: It's just too long, too. It's just like way too long. Like you literally watch those trucks that parade around the gas station go around like way too many times, (laughs) to the point where like I think at the end I could have I knew like every single company advertised on each truck and like I feel like I could name you the order in which they were riding in (laughs) because of that reason.
0: Yeah, prove it.
2: (laughs) Well, Green Goblin. Then it was the big truck, and then it was a brand I. There, no, I think there was one in between. It was like one B, and then it was mm. Thurston. There was like,
1: it was yeah. weird. It, I w-
0: I will say I'm not sure if you have any stats on this or facts, no. but <laughs> it seemed like an expensive movie. Yeah,
1: there were a lot of explosions.
0: Um, like, I assume an so explosion many.
1: is expensive. Like, you're yeah. breaking things. Like,
0: yeah. That- a lot of waste in this movie it's in 2021 it's hard to watch this movie and not think of like oh my god that chuck
2: full of watermelons just sacrificed
0: yeah Yeah. um but we didn't even talk about the people yet i mean obviously people are secondary in this movie because it's all about the machines but you got a young emilio estevez with a uh ear piercing he's kind of looking hot
2: who i thought was michael j fox the
0: whole time (laughs) Okay. Um, and Kate also learned that Charlie Sheen is uh, Emilio Estevez's brother.
2: Yep, I learned that.
0: Do you know who uh, Martin Sheen is?
2: Yeah, I love West Wing.
0: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but I, I, there weren't any characters that I could really, really get behind. Like, even Emilio, I was like, okay. I, I don't know. I I didn't fall in love with any of the characters. I fell more in love with the trucks. <laughs> I
1: mean, there is yo, know, there was one character was that was probably the most like annoying character I think I've ever seen on the on a screen. The the uh the newlywed wife. Oh my, oh my gosh. god. Yeah. Rough.
2: They were both rough.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I like the guy, dude. He he uh he tried to save the day. He put his life on the line, but she was just dude, her voice, like I feel like I I feel like she was
0: like a wannabe Roseanne or something. Like right. it, <laughs> so annoying yeah she was she was tough to handle the guy the husband was like he bothered i have to agree with bailey though he he like he made bad decisions in the beginning but then he he does step up and try to help them and save them so
2: i know but his remarks bothered me too yeah you like the taste of that in your mouth like when they're walking through the sewer this is disgusting what like complain the whole time in the sewer about everything i was like come on you like signed up for this and now you're just gonna bitch about it the whole time we're like Michael J Fox the whole time was just like eye rolling
0: <laughs> Michael J I can't Fox. remember
2: his actual name <laughs> really? um, my favorite character was a little boy who they meet up with in the sewer
0: oh yeah that guy's cool because okay. I like
2: the scene where he's like riding his well first of all he saw probably the most traumatic thing out of anyone which was that soda machine smashing the shit out of his coach's brain and then he just rides his bike and all the sprinklers come up behind him as he's, like, entering the neighborhood. That was, like, one of, another one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And that kid just, like, by himself starts figuring shit out.
0: Yeah. Um, he's smart. He has a good
1: head on his shoulder. Kate, it's Emilio Estevez, not uh, Michael J. Fox.
2: Thank you. You might have to keep reminding me. Um,
1: but, yo, his storyline, I think, was the coolest. He was just trying to get back to his dad. Right. So mm-hmm. His dad was at the gas station, but dad died.
2: Yeah, his <laughs> that- dad looked up the gasoline pump
0: yeah his his daddy was dead by the time he got there um Mm -hmm. i do have a question this kind of brought up a a question in my mind when we were watching it bailey and it was something i couldn't really answer if you know in your house right now if if this were to happen you know all machine all machinery um electronics turned on had a life of its own which one would you be fearful of the most um trying to think
1: like my xbox wouldn't do anything computer wouldn't really do anything um maybe the espresso machine
2: <laughs> how about that like fan above your head
0: oh yeah dude don't look now but there's a fan above your head
1: <laughs> yeah i guess I could do some damage i could probably take you know the espresso machine would just shoot out like steaming
0: scolding mm-hmm. water yeah you couldn't get to it
2: <laughs> we said like our Roomba
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I'd be I'd be freaking out if the Roomba was spinning around here.
1: Dude, you would run mm-hmm. over your
0: toes, dude. Um, you'd be done. Alexa is kind of already alive, so she doesn't count, mm-hmm. or it doesn't. And I count, feel like sorry.
2: a lot of the stuff in like besides the Roomba, like, is pretty idle. So in order to get really damaged by it, you'd have to go near it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, my other question is, okay, so the comet comes by, sprays green shit that makes the freaking machines go horny for blood, and my question is, when the comet is not going by and they're not stuck in it, are the machines still, like, kind of alive, but they're just, like, chill?
1: Um, They don't have a
0: mind of their own. They're in yeah. a coma they're yeah they no longer have a mind of their own
2: but i just feel like their only thought was like now we have a mind we are angry are they ever like not angry
0: yeah when they don't have their own mind (laughs) (laughs) um yo, i can't think for themselves
2: but if they could think for themselves do you think they wouldn't be angry
0: no no i see i want to see it as like (laughs) i see it as that common liberated them from the control of humans and this was like the machine's revenge but then once the comets you know power or liberation power or whatever with the once that's gone they're just back to like not sentient beings and our playthings. okay
1: um i think like a better you know the whole comet thing kind of throws me off i think like uh dude a better like storyline would be like someone hacked the internet and every electronic is, uh, I guess not everyone's connected to the
0: internet. Something with the internet probably would have fucking. Yeah. Made sense. <laughs> Yo, I do agree. The comet is so lame, yeah. like unbelievably it would have been lame. Even... And then it's just, uh, then it's just gone. Like, I don't know. The, I agree. The, the space yeah. shit and the comet part of it is strange. And then there's like a weird Russian satellite. Yeah. I, I, Red I, to it. Yeah, I'm out too. With it.
2: See, but I feel like that would have made it more interesting if it was more like a lightning strike to like a power plant, like mm-hmm. supercharged all of them and mm-hmm. somehow gave them like intelligence or something like that. Like they were overcharged by something already more grounded.
1: Yo, you know what a better version of this movie is? Uh, uh, sm- small Soldiers.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> Yeah. There's more no depth love- to those characters. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's okay. I wouldn't say it's the worst movie we've seen. I think it's your classic 80s action. Everybody's sweaty and dirty, and they wear the same clothes all the time and they have sex with each other and then throw those shirts back on after they walk through a sewage drain.
2: <laughs> but I did have a favorite line from this movie. It was, Fuck if I know, Bubba. Fuck if I know.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, the gas station manager was evil, though. And
2: hoarding the most insane amount of weaponry.
0: Yeah, he just had like fucking like 20
1: different rockets in his in his basement. Like, yeah, you know,
0: straight up. I also don't know why they so they did have like a bazooka or a rocket launcher whatever that thing was, and it was pretty darn effective against the trucks. I don't know why they didn't just keep shooting that like they were very accurate with their shot. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know. It disabled the trucks immediately.
2: Well, then that one I think what happened was they shot that one bazooka and then that really derpy machine gun car came around and they were like, oh, we can't go outside anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah that I was think. my favorite machine by far the derpy little military truck <laughs> um
1: yeah you know the idea of the movie's cool like and just like some of the no offense to stephen king but like some of the writing choices and stuff was weird and yeah
0: really yeah and i wouldn't even say like stephen king obviously is associated with horror and horror writing i i don't even know maybe on the page this is horrifying. And it is like if electronics and cars and shit came to life and were event like aggressive, it would be so terrifying. But uh, that's why I think, Bailey, you're right. If there was a modern day remake, they could make it like pretty intense, but it would just be so chaotic so like I've, if it actually happened
2: i know. think stephen king was probably writing out the story he's like this would be much cooler if we could actually see the machines doing this yeah. shit but then he didn't really flesh out an ending and he was just <laughs> kind of like i want to see all these machines fuck shit up and then he's like oh but how do i end it
1: yeah yeah
0: classic mean th- stephen king yeah. doesn't know how to end a book is that his thing i think so because like in the next movie we uh we watch they even that's like a poke at him a little bit when uh what's his name's talking about Gordy's talking about his story and uh the other kid doesn't like the ending I think that's like a thing with Stephen King people think he has great premise like good first second act but the third act is always weak which out of the Stephen King books I've read eh, I've never really noticed it like I, I kind of enjoy his writing so
1: People definitely say that about the stand. I, I know a lot of people don't like the ending of that. Really? Book,
0: so yeah. yeah. Well, if you're going through like 1100, 1200 pages, whatever that is, like there needs to be you a payoff. Pay <laughs> yeah. um, and where I think eleven twenty two sixty three did pay off. I think that book was solid beginning. It's my end.
2: favorite one that I've read that. And I really I read the Bill Hodges trilogy.
0: Ooh, and yes. I think that's amazing too. Yeah. Um, but, anyways, yeah. So, uh, anything else about maximum overdrive?
2: Cars go beep, beep.
0: Yeah. Is that your rating? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just going to give it like two bubbas out of five bubbas. Mm. Bubbas, huh?
1: Um, I'll give it a. Uh, like a
0: 3.3 repeating. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to tell us what it's out of. I like that. I like that. Um, cool. So we are in between movies. How are you guys feeling? I know it's been a while. Are, did we shake the rust off? Or are we
2: feeling um, like- Kind of. I just realized neither of you gave me height weight guesses.
0: Oh, it, today we're doing it live.
2: Oh, okay. That it's gonna right, go right.
0: bailey says it first i say it and then mm-hmm. you give us the real one yeah,
1: did we talk love about the, did we talk about like the soundtrack being
0: all acdc and that was like awesome yo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well i mentioned that like i loved acdc when i was younger and yeah. that's another reason why i probably love this movie
1: yeah it's it is uh it's interesting that i mean they did the whole movie it makes sense like they if there was a movie, yeah it makes sense makes 100%. it totally
0: makes sense that also i do so one of my favorite songs for is a song called who made who and that's like i don't know if they made it for this movie because that's that's like the theme the one waitress that's at, at the dixie boy she <laughs> she continues to scream at the trucks we made you like why are you doing this we made you and like they play the song who made who throughout the movie I, th- I honestly really like that it's an incredible ACDC song but I have to look into it I wonder if I wonder if it was just like Stephen I know Stephen King loves like that classic rock shit like that's his bag um so I wonder if like he just wait what what are you laughing <laughs> just at just the way you said it oh. it
2: sounds like he's carrying around a tote bag and just filled yeah, with like classic
0: some... rock cds um <laughs> but uh yeah so i wonder if he like just was like oh this is convenient or if they wrote that song because i think that album might have came out around the same time i'll look into i
2: it. think the acdc soundtrack is part of this movie's charm mm-hmm. and i really like that they did i feel like they had to have done the foley sound for when the Monst like the trucks and the machines attack because it is the funniest sound to like build up tension from when machines were attacking it was like it's
0: the the classic like uh, it's
2: like shredding it's like a guitar shredding but it's like fancier it's very funny
1: Um, i'm just now going through like the imdb facts for the movie um stephen king Doesn't like it, obviously. I mean, I don't know if it was obvious, but yeah.
0: (laughs) He made it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He he also says um, he was, quote, coked out of his mind the entire time while making the picture. That makes sense. Didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. Um, And then uh, something else. What else did I find? Uh, Oh, you wanted to cast Bruce Springsteen in the
0: lead. (laughs)
2: Oh, oh yeah, that would have been that sick. Would've...
0: So Emilio does a good job. I'm not knocking on him, but Bruce Springsteen in that role would have been amazing.
2: It would have been great. But yeah, that's I totally do
0: cool. want to say I did a little research, and the album "Who Made Who" uh, is the soundtrack to Maximum Overdrive. So they made the album for it. For it, yes. So yeah, there you go. It's kind of cool. It's a good album too.
2: Bruce Springsteen probably never would have started it if it wasn't his own soundtrack.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. <laughs> I would have loved to hear some Bruce the Bruce songs about this. <laughs> um, anyways, cool. Uh, so we got it all out for Maximum Overdrive. Um, we had a lot of questions. We got some of the answers uh, that we were looking for, but... You know, the ones we didn't get are leaving me kind of curious. Mm-hmm. What's your height? What's your weight? What's your height? And what's I'm your weight? <laughs> we
2: we'll gonna
0: just gonna do it live. live. We're to back, back the curve. What's your height? What's your weight? Say hi. When they get it wrong. Alright,
2: right, so do you wanna guess his height?
0: Bailey, you could go first on this one. Um
1: Stephen King, he I think he's a taller dude. Um I'm gonna go six feet two inches and about one hundred and seventy-eight pounds.
0: Oh, nice! I kind of like doing this live. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with. I don't think he got in a like. He got hit by a van. So, are we talking pre-hit by van or post-hit by van? Because he has a bit of a hunch mean right now. Hunch. So, I'm gonna go six. He's a flat six foot. Um, and he seems like scrawn like skinny. So, I'm gonna go around like one seventy five.
2: Okay, you guys are pretty close. He's six four.
0: Whoa. And job,
2: he's a hundred and sixty-five point five pounds. Shit. Yeah, he's a real skinny tall dude. Dude,
1: that's so skinny.
2: Mm-hmm. It is. Oh. Do you want to guess birth date and sign?
0: Yes. Um, he's definitely he has Leo written all over him. Which puts him at uh March 22nd,
1: 1950. I thought Leo was a summer, but I could be wrong. It it is. (laughs) I'll say he's a Leo as well. You know, he's like a lion, right? Um, (laughs) And um, what? I have to do math now. Um, 1949, uh july 22nd
2: okay um september 21st
1: 1947
2: Ooh, so he's 73 and he's a virgo
1: oh
0: he's on what's his rising son he's
1: on the cusp though he's almost a libra
2: (laughs) Mm, there you go yeah Yeah, because it's a late summer leo's a late summer um i don't know shoe size do you want to guess where he was born
0: Oh, uh, Maine, Maine. But where? Bangor, Portland. Yeah, Portland. Oh,
2: nice. Mm-hmm. Do you and want to tra- get some of his favorite books? <laughs>
0: hmm. The Bible. Yo, he likes hard-boiled stuff, so I'm gonna go. Dashiell Hammett. Uh, yeah.
2: We're going, we're we're thinking titles here. I'll be
1: honest, dude. I have no idea what Jordan just said at all. Um, I'm gonna go with the Hardy Boys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay
0: um, are you gonna guess again i forget that book not the falconer but whatever he, he, yeah.
2: adventures of huckleberry finn laura the flies bleak house 1984 and blood meridian
0: so what the books you read in school he really likes them.
2: <laughs> yeah he does there was a few others in there but i didn't know what they were yeah um so his father left when he was two years old um He collaborated with Michael Jackson to create Ghosts, which was a 40-minute music video. So that's out there.
0: (laughs) So in your facts, the first two go from (laughs) his dad left when he was two to just this very minor collaboration with Michael Jackson.
2: It doesn't sound very minor to me. Um, Him and his wife own um, a group of radio stations called Zone Radio Corporation. He also acted in something called Kingdom Hospital, which I guess was a TV show. And he was a cleaner in an episode of Sons of Anarchy. Um, He witnessed his for this shout outs to our next movie. He witnessed a friend being struck and killed by a train when he was a little boy. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And apparently he blocked out the memory and his mom told him about it again. And it like all like came back to him.
0: Yeah, I, I think I heard him talk about that
2: mm-hmm. like he completely forgot about it and his mom reminded him and it just like fucked him up again um so when he was in college he wrote for the college newspaper for the, a column called steve king's garbage truck <laughs> okay. um he did a lot of activism so he spoke out, out against the violent video game ban he called glenn beck uh, satan's mentally challenged younger brother he opposed he spoke out to oppose the tea party <laughs> He published an essay on banning assault rifles and semi-automatic rifles. Um,
0: Wait, he spoke out on a ban, or he spoke he, like for a ban?
2: No, he published an essay like to ban automatic okay. and semi-automatic. Um, it was in response to Sandy Hook.
1: Well, then and what we write the, about the Tea Party thing? Are you are talking about like the Boston
0: Tea Party?
2: Yes, no, like the Tea Party. Like he's
0: a big Q guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. He, they um donate about four million a year to like libraries and first responder units schools and art programs and their charity is one of the highest donating jan- grant charities like listed which is kind of cool you know,
0: i don't know if you ran into this but this is like a myth i've heard it's kind of along the lines of his money like i've heard that he sells the rights to his movies for like a buck
2: i heard that too is but that i true, didn't or is see it is that like
0: anywhere? uh folklore maybe not folklore but like.
2: i like it wasn't on his wikipedia or the other fact site i use but i have heard that too but you might have been the one i to would tell love it to that
0: me. i would love
1: if that were true because he Jordan, makes a lot of money jordan's yeah. definitely the person i heard that from too so same, <laughs> you know same. Is, <laughs> like making them? it up
2: um so and then this is the dark side uh-oh so he was addicted at one point to alcohol, cigarettes, cocaine, Xanax, Valium, NyQuil, Robitussin, and mouthwash. He would like at drink mouthwash. Time. What? At the same time? I, they found it in his office when he was like fucked up.
0: Well, I mean, apparently like a lot of those mid, like early mid 80s books like Cujo and Salem's Lot and stuff. He was just on one. He was on one, but cool books. And
2: then yeah. Jordan alluded to this, but he was in a car accident where he was hit by a van while he was walking on the side of the road. And um, from that accident, he got a collapsed lung, multiple leg fractures, scalp lesion, and a broken hip. And they actually, the, the breaking of his bones and his legs were so bad that they considered amputating it. Um, but he ended up doing like recovery for it. But they also, I thought this was interesting. They bought the van mm-hmm. because they were afraid it was gonna go up on eBay to be purchased.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: Um so his lawyer bought it and Stephen King had plans to like smash the shit out of it, but they ended up just sending it to a junkyard. Nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Um the reason I knew that is because like one, he got really
2: It's on in it's on it's yeah, like in his book on, on writing. writing,
0: which is a really good book to to read if you want to learn more about him. But um he I think he was also f- afraid because he had to get back on painkillers and after all that addiction in the 80s he was like scared and so he did somewhat get addicted again and then the next book he wrote after that is a book called Duma Key and that's like one of my favorite Stephen King books and when it was coming out people were so pumped because like I mean we almost just lost Stephen King and then like a couple years later it's his first book out of this and honestly I freaking love Duma Key but it was not received well at all but i i'll never forget reading it and i'm like yo this is going to be a movie and it's going to be terrific and it's going to star tom hanks and jeff bridges
2: cool <laughs> well uh previous guest Kristen dinardo also loved that
0: book really mm-hmm. oh nice yeah do it's like i don't know give it a chance it's long is and, it scary? Uh, what's that it's scary uh yeah if you're a coward <laughs>
1: Cool. No,
0: it's it's okay. There's like some ghost shit in it, but it's it's pretty good. Okay. Sea ghosts, sea ghosts to me aren't as scary as t- uh, Davy
2: Jones' locker. Oh, he
0: has a locker down at the bottom of the ocean. And it's Ooh, spooky.
2: Scary.
0: <laughs> um, anyways, so that yeah. He
2: that, needs a locker for his gym clothes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, look. Stephen King deserves love, like we all do, sure. And he's had a faithful love to his Tabitha. whole life to Tabitha. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's dive into uh, a little bit of Tabitha and Stephen's love history. Is that how I set it up? No, does the usually. music play right now? It's hot. Oh, yeah, that's what it gets really hot. <laughs> Cue the music.
1: don't have to play for this. that song <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um all right bailey if if you are ready to i know your cabinets have been locked for a while so if you have the key there you could open the back up
1: they're dusty dude um and yeah there's really only one page in his file here um tabitha king the one and only since 1968.
0: Yeah, she's truly...
2: His ride or die. His
0: ride
1: or die. Yeah, and I mean, I don't really know what else to say except for they fucking love each other.
2: (laughs) They have three kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. do you want me to talk about their kids? I could talk about their kids if you want.
2: Yeah, do it.
1: No, I don't. It's okay.
2: (laughs) Well, those kids are cool. I I mean, Joe Joe Hill. Joe
1: Hill's cool. Naomi,
0: Joe, and Owen. That's their names. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, but I think even it, Tabitha is like the first person who reads his books and for a while was editing them. And I think she herself is a poet.
2: She is a writer. She is a professor. And um, they had their first kid while well, I think he was still in college. And um, so they're kind of like they consider their house in Maine like a writing commune mm-hmm. because Joe Hill's a writer. I think their son is like a oh, non-fiction and, yeah, writer. Oh, is, yeah. And then she dabbles, like Tabitha I think like dabbles in writing too. Mm-hmm. But then their daughter's the only one I think that isn't writing. She is part of like a monastery. So she, she is like a, I don't know what those things are called. I don't think she's a priest.
0: She's a monk.
2: She does something. And, um, but all the rest of them are writers. She does something religious oriented.
0: Nice. Okay, cool. That's yeah. cool. They're dope. Yeah, they are a dope family.
2: And if you look up Stephen King, there's so many pictures of him in like dog shirts. I highly recommend looking them up.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. The old, when I think of Stephen King, I think of the one like when he's really young and he would like write on a little typewriter up in his attic. And that's like the one. It's <laughs> it's really funny because he's such a big dude and he's just in this tiny little attic. And it's like, yeah, this guy grinded to to make it where he is. So so. Kujos to him. Wait, <laughs> oh uh, uh the corniness is back. So let's move on to the next one. This is his was this his highest rated in second, that list? Second highest second rated. highest. Um and this is again same year, 1986. Mm-hmm. So when, when when they were making this literal masterpiece, uh, he was over there making maximum overdrive. Um and of course we're talking about this coming of age masterpiece by rob reiner stand by me bailey take it away mm,
1: this is where i take it away huh um uh, <laughs> yeah you know you got four boys coming of age catch wind of a dead body by the tracks and they go and they look at it <laughs> Yo, here's the thing that's it it's so accurate yo but also Kiefer sutherland has bleached hair and he's mean <laughs> yo here's the thing he's looking good yo, though. i Great love look for that Kiefer. look
2: i was too into that look
1: oh <laughs> hey um yeah no he's hot for sure yeah
2: toothpick and lip open like hawaiian shirt maybe
1: yeah.
2: um but the slicked back like it's like, hair it's, um...
1: It's like he's like Lost Boys look, you know. I've never yeah, seen that's, that. That's exactly what I said too.
0: He he's good with the he looks good with the dyed hair, and I think in Flatliners maybe maybe not I don't know, um, but yeah. So this movie is famous for its boys, um,
2: and all the boys are famous.
0: Yeah, like no joke. Honestly, the best, in my opinion, the best child acting of all time is in this movie. Is it by River? It's no he's so just good. I mean well yes by river but also like just collectively oh, okay. I yeah, think yeah. it's like incredible I mean you you have stand by me and you have my girl so you, you my
2: girl's great it. I cry every time I watch that movie <laughs> um,
0: Yo, but, but yeah matches. you have Corey Feldman mm-hmm. you have uh,
2: River Phoenix
0: River Phoenix, will Wheaton and Jerry O'Connell mm-hmm. as a chubby little boy. <laughs>
2: as my least favorite character of the four.
0: Oh, dude i kind of hated Vern when fan. you were saying that the whole movie yeah i don't know will's kind of a little
1: bitch but will is this gordy. The- oh
0: gordy yeah yeah
2: oh young john cusack's in this movie too
0: yeah you know that kills me so okay so one thing <laughs> we have to say is if you've never seen stand by me like film friends approved mm-hmm. without a doubt, and it's also just American, America approved. Like, Americana. this is like this is Americana in my eyes, like, it's 1950s, they're playing doo wop, it's just like it's classic America. W- where is this taking place, though? Is it Oregon? Castle Rock, oh, yeah. true, true. Interesting. Have you ever watched the show Castle Rock Bailey? I'm almost
1: certain the Castle Rock in the show is in Maine, but <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I've seen like the first season of that show.
0: So the premise of that show is just like references to Stephen King's universe, but they're not necessarily like accurate then, I guess, or? I don't know. Yeah, there's just like a lot of like shout outs to Stephen King, basically. Yeah. The time. Okay, Um. good, good thing we got that cleared mm-hmm. up. Um, So like Bailey said, though, these four boys are best friends, 12 years old. I think all of them, a lot of them. And
2: uh... well, their group is their group of four is 12. And then there's like another group, which is like the Keith or Sutherland, like older adult crew, which I think they're trying to allude to like these kids are like the bad kids. Mm -hmm. And they always say to the Will Wheaton's character, don't hang with them. They're bad influences. You're going to turn out kind of like Keith or Sutherland's group of boys which are deemed as like bad kids and i think that that's what they're trying to show you like the decisions you make when you're that age can lead to a future of something else which is trying to show like that older boy gang like this is what you'll become but Mm -hmm. they kind of decide to break like if they can break from that mold or not essentially
0: and i think what this movie does really well though is like they are still 12 years old so like they're dealing with like a lot of family shit Like, they all come from, like, somewhat abusive families, it seems like. Um, Or they have their own, you know, skeletons. But at the same time, they're 12-year-old kids. So it does a really good job of them, like, you know, fooling around with each other, teasing each other, being little boys, talking about girls and stuff. To then, like, really serious shit, like the one dad's in, like, an insane asylum and the other one you know Gordy's older brother played by John Cusack died in an accident so his parents are just like gone mentally and kind of verbally abuse him and stuff
2: and River Phoenix is like cast in the shadow of his brother Mm -hmm. and same with Vern they're both like in the shadow of their older brothers so but I like this because you know kids see everything they feel everything and it's hard for them to under sometimes be able to be kids while dealing with these like real world adult problems. And I like that they like, as Jordan said, they were able to juxtapose those really well of seeing them still trying to be kids around each other while dealing with adult shit. So like when they run into the guy from the convenience store and he's telling them about their families, that's them having to confront the adult issues Mm -hmm. that they work with. And then immediately they just start like fucking around with each other and they kind of, go back to being kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that this journey was about them kind of getting to escape their worlds for a little bit and just be kids by themselves, kind of like in that tree house they have together, but they got to do it like out in the wilderness instead of just in their tiny little house mm-hmm. that they've created for themselves. Yeah. Um, it's just like how kids protect themselves against like real world adult situations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah you know i love a nice uh movie with a bunch of kids you all know that but
2: <laughs> yep we know that
1: When it's rated r and like gets real which is also like love that as well yeah guess- mm-hmm. that's like
0: when it could be the best it can be mm-hmm. really For sure. um i also think they do a good job of like cursing in this mm-hmm. movie like it's very realistic especially coming out of little kids mouths like Uh, Even reading Stephen King, he does a good job with like the American language and in the way like people curse or cuss, whatever you say. (laughs) I realize that a lot, lot of people, lot of people say cuss instead of curse.
2: I only know one person, who my brother.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah, no, Jordan, you're you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um...
2: But I think you're right. This is like really great child acting. I feel like sometimes. You get a kid who's not great at acting, it just pulls you out of the story. Uh-huh. And all these kids are just fucking awesome.
0: I do have a question though. Maybe you guys could clear it up for me. Like, so the whole thing is around this body. And the, the story is based on a short story by Stephen King called The Body. Um, so the 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 main driving factor is like this body that they're going to find. I'm confused as to how that that body got there because when they find the body spoiler alert they mentioned that got hit by a he got hit by a train, train and knocked off the but tracks. i was under the assumption the older boys had something to do with it can you guys clear that up for me i don't know
1: i don't think the older boys had anything to do with it i think like they said uh well the younger kid said like he was out to go pick berries and he got hit by <laughs> a train and then i you know, i think they just wanted to like Be the ones who found the body or something. I don't. I don't think the older kids had anything to do with like the kid dying. Hmm.
2: That might be. I don't know. I can't remember per se. But the older kids are talking about the body and like don't tell anyone about it.
0: Right. Like when Vern is under the porch trying to find the pennies that he buried, which is like I love that scene. I thought the older kids were in the porch talking about. Like maybe they messed with him and 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 like chased him and he ran into a train like something like that. I thought they were the cause of his death, not necessarily that they went out and tried to kill this kid, yeah. but like
2: I thought that too I thought they like fucked around with him and or like picked on him or something, but I could be wrong
0: oh, I don't know maybe uh maybe a listener can, can weigh in and let us know
2: <laughs> yeah we I don't want to look up it on Wikipedia yeah. could else you tell me. Uh, could
0: you guys write in to us, please <laughs>
2: But uh um i don't know i thought that was kind of cool but they were both no matter how that body you know ended up where it ended up they're both after the same thing which was like redeeming their reputations right which right. i thought was kind of interesting and i like the decision they ended up making which i thought was valiant
0: a part i i really love is is one of the characters gordy is like a young writer and when they're around the fire one of the nights like a little campfire they ask him to tell a story and he starts to tell the story that he was writing and then all of a sudden it goes to that story and you're like Uh, viewing it and you know the story is whatever it's kind of it's very stephen king like crazy stephen king but uh, i really like that how it like kind of took you away from the reality just for a second because it's this movie is deeply grounded in reality like there's nothing not real about it so mm-hmm. that was kind of cool
2: and that's not always done well so it's good to see it executed in a yeah. good way
0: yeah um yeah
1: i mean you know the, you can tell like a movie's like great when i mean it's so old and everything's so iconic about it like i like that's that that dream scene is like mm-hmm. i can picture it in my head like mm-hmm. i like if i didn't even see the movie i'd be like i could know exactly how it goes like, right it's,
0: and and the train the whole like them walking on train tracks is so iconic. And then there are moments with, you know, with trains and stuff that are. I don't know. I, I, I agree with you, Bailey. Like this one is not only does it probably represent America at that time, but it's like it's the references are like everywhere, even so much that a, a friend of the show, Mike Paulshock, mm-hmm. asked who we were doing and I let him know and he, I said, stand by me. And he then sent me a have heart song. um where they sample like i don't know what they sample from stand by me but they sample like a quote or maybe the song that they're singing um i don't know it's a have heart demo for all you hardcore heads out there
2: cool Um, i mean i had never seen this movie before this was my first viewing and it's it's always interesting what'd you say
1: i said that's crazy but i know
2: especially (laughs) as i like like movies from this time period a lot um But as someone who didn't see this as a young person, a lot of times these are the types of movies that people think fondly of because they saw them as kids. Mm -hmm. And seeing this just purely as an adult, I still loved it and thought it was very awesome. Mm -hmm. And I was very captivated by this movie and the performances and how they interacted with each other. And not even because I knew that was like Corey Feldman and Will Wheaton and all that jazz, but just because of how they were and how the story progressed and how it was shot. Like I like the train sequences where they're viewing, we're viewing the boys through in between the train cars. And I like how a lot of times it's from like the back of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and the, they just all seem really natural. Like Corey Feldman's posturing cracks me up. He's always like, like a little like hunched over and um, they're just, I don't know. It does a really good job of playing up their use, but also their wisdom at the same time
0: it's what wi- it's what it wishes it was
2: <laughs> seriously though
0: um
1: nuggets barking right now i don't know if you can hear him but oh, um, okay yeah i don't know it's uh it's it's probably my f- oh i was gonna say my favorite stephen king like movie but mm. i don't know it's it's definitely up there and like yeah. r- rob reiner was like in his fucking prime right now yeah like he he fucking killed it
0: yeah um
2: it's so good it's not what i anticipated because i've heard about this movie a lot and all i've heard about was the train tracks and that's like a little boy movie (laughs) so i didn't expect i thought it was going to be more of a it's still a coming of age story but this kind of coming of age can be honestly identified by both male and female perspectives Mm -hmm. i thought it was going to be a very heavily male oriented coming of age story and it's just not i was very surprised by that
0: it's much better than that coming of age movie we watched with it was like similar but it was like young girls do you know what i'm talking about um i shouldn't have brought it up it's such a it's such a buzz not crossroads not crossroads but uh the girl who was in Girls—that's who we were reviewing—and she was—I don't know, forget about it. Um, forget about it.
1: Hey, <laughs> um, yeah. yo, know, even like the uh, dude, the, like the whole story, the way it ends, the way it's like—I I love everything about like. I guess it's what Stephen King wrote, but like
0: the ending of this movie, I thought
1: it's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what kind of to that point, what made me uh or what I was thinking about, like some of his top-rated movies are his short stories like Shawshank Redemption this was a short story um, Misery's I, full length Yeah, Misery's full length book. <laughs> <laughs> um but Green Miles is a short story. So it like makes it's me, it's interesting.
2: Uh, yeah, that one's like a novella, mm-hmm. but it shows you how you can still get a lot of content out of a short story and it makes you kind of want more books to be miniseries or like television shows because there's just too much content. And it makes you feel like short stories got just enough juice in it, you know?
0: Yeah. The movie I was referring to before was Now and Then. Um,
2: oh. Check it
0: out.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Um, and, yo, even like, you know, the, the narration's good. Richard Dreyfus as old uh, Gordy kills it.
0: Yo, didn't know that was Richard Dreyfus, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really, not a big Richard Dreyfus guy. I just know it's what it says on IMDb, so. <laughs>
2: same we didn't know it was him till we like looked it up
0: yeah um well cool this is obviously for me this is a five star mm-hmm.
2: um yes i loved it i just cory Felman in big black framed glasses is everything mm-hmm.
0: so are you saying you like his music now
2: <laughs> i said i like cory Felman thick black framed glasses is everything didn't say Oof. angel wings
1: if he's wearing those glasses now, is he still? A- yeah.
2: <laughs> is he wearing them now, still?
0: Yeah, he might be. He has his angels. I don't know.
2: As a, I just he's he was a great little. Here's actor. the thing.
0: He's easy to make fun of, but that that dude's traumatized. Uh, yeah. Whether you believe it or not, but anyway. But
2: his acting as a as as a young person incredible. Is just, yeah, it's yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, yo, know, and R. I. P. River Phoenix, gone way way too soon. And yeah.
2: this was my first River Phoenix experience. So. Yeah.
1: Yo and yo, it's weird because. I don't know. Maybe I didn't have this situation or what, but like the kids have a lot of feelings and they like to talk to each other about them.
0: They express them for sure. That's like growing up as a little boy in like little boy groups. It wasn't like that.
2: I wish it was because boys would be a lot more adjusted as adults if they did that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, boys don't really do that, but I like that they did. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a little unrealistic because like, kids don't really do that but yo maybe some kids do
0: yeah maybe there's some groups out there i feel
2: like girls do that
0: i grew up in like a real hard catholic roman catholic where they're like just keep your feelings deep down in the pit of your stomach and never tell anybody <laughs> you can go into that little room and tell the uh, the old guy right oh true that the old guy with the collar i used to go in that little room and tell him all my sins
2: before he'd give you i
0: cursed <laughs> at my mom
2: and then he'd give you your little chip of skin uh, <laughs> Isn't that what the, uh... oh the
0: body of christ yeah, it's not a chip of skin. <laughs> yeah all right but... we're gonna start offending people so we got
2: i don't know a lot about that type of
0: that's religion. okay you barely know who yeah, santa claus i right. never know what it to do, do I'm when
2: I'm seven. In
1: what i never know what to do when i'm in a church and everyone's getting the the body of christ
0: yeah you get the but bo- you got a genuflect dude when you get in the pew and when you leave the pew yeah i don't know what that word is either dude same it but sounds like, you, like
2: the, the spit that comes out of your mouth so you, when you know when
0: people like bless themselves like their forehead this thing well you're supposed to go down on one knee before you enter the pew which is oh like yeah, the yeah. Bench the yeah 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 and then like everyone always knows what to
1: say when like the the dude's up there talking like he says one thing and
0: everyone's like oh i'm supposed to say this after that <laughs> dude, a lot of call and response in church but hey this isn't a religious podcast this is a movie podcast, and we reviewed the best and the worst of Stephen King adaptations. And you know what? It felt good to be back in the studio, guys. Yes, it did. Even though Bailey's still not here with us,
2: he's in an unknown disclose.
0: Unknown disclose. I don't know if you ever came back
2: from, <laughs> from his sabbatical. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, you hear my voice and all that. That's all that. that matters. That's all that matters. But um, for the haters out there, it feels good to be back. Hopefully, we could get you know, we can't promise a regular schedule again, but this felt pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to finally watch a movie or two after months and months of not doing it. Truth. Um, but you know, for those haters that are still out there giving us listens, we appreciate it. Yes. Um,
2: Thanks haters.
0: And uh, yeah, uh, hit us up on social media. If you haven't, you know, tell us what you've been watching. Um, tell
2: us your favorite Stephen King adaptation. Yeah,
0: Would love to hear some Stephen King shit from people. Yeah, just.
1: Tell us literally anything, dude. Tell us what you ate for breakfast, dude. I don't care. I would love it. Did you
2: eat breakfast? What was it?
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, so can't promise that we'll be back next week, but we will be back. Um, Like the famous quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger's action series.
2: He will be back.
0: He will be back. Um, But anything else, guys, before we sign off? Go birds.
1: Yeah, I mean... They're in a fucking shit show, but yeah, go for it.
0: <laughs> uh, well, make sure you vote Joel Embiid for MVP um, this year. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys soon. Go out there Bye. and vote.
2: Yeah, get out there and vote.
1: Yep. See Bye. ya.
2: Bye. See ya. Michael Shannon. Bye. Bye.